He's Christian. He's Jimmer. Welcome back to Two PTs and a Bag of Chips. We don't usually read this stuff. We have it, like, memorized. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Today we have a special guest. Amanda Turner is here from Active Fueling Nutrition. She is going to help us figure out what the best nutrition for recovery is. And guess what? Chips ain't on that. <laughs> we don't know that yet. No, we do. May maybe these chips will be on it? Nope. The Private Selection Kroger Sea Salt and Balsamic Vinegar. Oh, that makes it healthy, the balsamic uh, It's portion. got to, right? I can't make it unhealthy. Probiotics. See? That's what it is, probiotics. See? I'm more into the anti-probiotics. So the... The antibiotics? So just the biotics? <laughs> the biotics. Can we just have regular biotics? Is that a thing? Why do I have to pick a choose? It's Pro or anti. Is there, is there a opposite of a probiotic? It's an antibiotic. Yes, it is an antibiotic, actually. <laughs> I, I, feel dumber, I feel dumber than I look. <laughs> turns, turns out I knew something. <laughs> nice work, nice work. I did my prep work. I did my homework. I'm Thanks, so, pr I'm so proud of you, Jimmer. Amanda has her BS in dietetics from Missouri State University. That sounds awful when you say it like that. <laughs> is that, is that how you, is that how you not say Dietetics is correct. I think he, he meant the BS part. It's a BSC. Then oh. the BS. You need to add the C? Well, because it, then it doesn't sound like bullshit. Oh, I see. What's the C stand for? Science. BSC is Bachelor of Science. Oh, BS. Small C. Got it. Small C. That's a small C, folks. Big science. Anyway. So she has her MS in Dietetics and Nutrition from the University of Kansas Medical Center. She also did her internship there. She's a registered dietitian. She's a certified specialist in sports dietetics. And she's worked with a, a laundry list of exciting places. The Biggest Loser Resort at Fitness Ridge. I just love how they called it that. That's so funny. <laughs> Fitness Ridge. Dixie State University, which you'll have to tell us more about in a minute. Curves International. Ooh. The gym for women. And then the University of Colorado Institute Health and Wellness Center here in town. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. That's an impressive resume. Thank you. On top of that, a Boston qualifier for the Boston Marathon. Okay, that's not that impressive. Two, two times. Two times. Only two times. That's... That's we consider that to be dumb. People who run like long distances, yeah. we yeah. have an issue. Oh, I only run twenty six miles, not further. Only twenty six yes. miles. Well, compared to some ran twenty six miles in a life, they do like hundred milers and such. Yeah, that's way crazy. Yeah, so they're ultra dumb. That's why they call them <laughs> ultra marathon. There's yeah, I like that. I like that. Amanda's company is right here, just kind of around the corner from us. Active fueling. Yeah, you can find them all over the interwebs. Mm -hmm. We'll Ooh. get more into that in a minute Various as well. She specializes in individualized plans, very goal oriented. There's physiology as well as nutrition work there, and then helping with motivation, which is always a huge problem because diet's kind of the hardest part every time. I think exercise is easy. Do, do, you, do you call them diets still? Or you just call them so more of a nutrition planning. I feel I like, like is a more uh, PC word for people. Diet people see in a negative word, in a negative connotation, or or a temporary thing. Yes, right. I'm exactly. gonna diet for six weeks. I'm gonna lose fifty pounds in six weeks, which sounds really healthy. Yeah, and then I can eat whatever I want. Yep. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. because a diet, but a diet's anything you eat, really. Yeah. If you yeah, but, Webster but, it. But, yeah, but, if you Webster but the, yeah. the connotation that people have is that it's something that's negative. It's, right. it's a punishment. I, it's, I think it's similar to our, our term from last week. Oh, he's got a knee. Yeah. I'm on a diet. Well, you're always on a diet. Yeah. Right. Or you're not eating. 
Yeah. Or, or starvation. Guess, yeah, that, 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 that could be a diet too. Yeah. yeah. Starvation. Yeah. Starvation diet. That's not a good diet. I don't think. Guaranteed don't think diet to lose is good. weight on the starvation diet. Yeah. I think, it's, I think it's eating adjustments or healthy eating. Nutrition. Some, some people call me a nutrition counselor. I like that. Yeah. An NC. More of a An NC. therapist. Is that a big C or a little C now? It'd be a little C. <laughs> and little C. Because otherwise it would be North Carolina. I see what you did there. There you go. I see. I don't think we missed anything really. Did we? Maybe. A little bit. On your resume? On your resume? On my resume? Uh, I mean... No, that's that's mostly it. That's mostly we'll that's go the good stuff. That. Yeah, that's we'll the good stuff. Let's go with that. That's okay. Can we let's start go. with the Dixie University? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is fascinating. That's a great name. Where, Dixie where, State. Yeah, where is Dixie State? It's in St. George, Utah. Okay. So <laughs> of all places. That's also where the Biggest Loser Resort was as well. Uh-huh. So when I was living there, I was working at the Biggest Loser and then also teaching at Dixie State because my hours were 12 to 7 at the resort. So I could be with the guests most of the time. And then I would do morning classes at Dixie State. Nice. It is a fun name, right? Dixie State. Dixie yeah, but you would State. expect that to be I in Mississippi. Georgia or yeah, yeah. yeah. Not in Georgia. Or in no, Utah. St. George, Utah. Yeah. Huh. No. That's awesome. Yeah. Love that. So we have a couple questions. Nutrition for recovery. Recovery. I speak well usually. Is there something nutritionally that everyone can benefit from when recovering from an injury? Yes. So kind of the main focus points that I like to focus on are total energy intake, protein intake, and then nutrient-dense foods, right? So those are like my three big buckets that I put people in. So when we're recovering, Hmm. a lot of times people want to lose weight during that period because, oh, I'm not exercising, so I need to lose weight while I'm not exercising. That's actually a really terrible idea because you're not going to recover as well. So we want to make sure energy is adequate. We want to make sure protein is adequate and we're getting it throughout the day. And then we're also getting that uh, nutrient-dense foods to help with micronutrient intake and tissue repair and all of that as well. And are there foods you love for that or hate for that? Or is it just individual all the time? As we have chips sitting in front of us. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> They're very uh, nutrient-dense. Are they? Yes. You tell can tell. Tell me about it. Well, because look at it, how they even have ridges. They packed it in so tight. <laughs> That it buckled. They shrivel up because they're so nutrient dense. Uh, yeah, so foods that I love for that. So anything that's really dark in color. So like think cherries. Chocolate. Beets. Chocolate is actually a great, dark chocolate is a great recovery food. It's high in magnesium. So I can totally get on board with chocolate. There we go. Uh, lean proteins, fish specifically is great. Uh, things I'm not a super fan of. Ice cream, not a ton of nutrient density there, which is one of my favorite foods. Yeah. I would throw chips into that bucket, even though you sold them really well, Jimmer. Uh, you know, anything that's deep fried or high sugar, okay. basically, yeah. High, high sugar and high carb, two different things? Two different things, yes. High carb would be, I mean, you know, grain, like a whole grain pasta or brown rice, those are high carb, but those are really nutrient-dense foods. P- pretty common misconception oh, now, absolutely. especially with the whole no-carb Yeah, fad. people tend to put carbs and sugars in the in same one bucket. bucket. Yeah, exactly. That's good to know. Yeah. Are there some general guidelines to kind of reduce barriers to entry on proper nutrition? 
Oh, that's a good. So I, th I think the biggest barrier for people coming to talk to me, you guys can see I have my I Love Carbs shirt on, it's which shirt. I think helps helps people warm up to me a little faster. Uh, people see dietitians or nutritionists, and there's a difference in the two, but they see those people as kind of the food Nazis of the world, absolutely. per se. Yep. And I would say most of us are absolutely not. If you get someone that is, you've got the wrong person. So go to someone else, basically. But I like ice cream. I was telling you guys I had a milkshake last night. It's delicious. It's I like delicious. I like chips, although it's not my favorite category of food, so I'm not going to be as much of an expert as you guys are. We're experts. <laughs> but yeah, so moderation, eating all foods. Food is not only a fuel source, but it's also a, a source of connection for us. It's a sense of enjoyment for us. It's, you know, it's a necessity for life, but there's also other purposes that it serves. And so we should be looking at all of those pieces together. So if you're working with someone that's not... Uh, there is there are better things out there, I guess I would say. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's kind of that there's no absolutes, right? There's, Absolutely not. Yeah. You, you can work with cheating a little bit here and there, and, and I, I think we shouldn't call, call it cheating. It cheating yeah, right? no. I don't call it cheating. It's just it's life, right? So if you're going like I, I'm going to a gala tonight, I know I'm gonna potentially have a glass of alcohol in some sense, maybe more than one, right? So um, like those things are pretty given. So we have to kind of prioritize, okay, maybe our goal is recovering from this injury, but I've got these social events coming up and I really want to be able to, to make my own decisions at that point. And so we just work on balancing how do I still get those nutrient-dense foods in, but also enjoy foods that I love at the I same time. balance is a great word for that. You know, you have to find a balance between, and that's, we, we get so many questions from patients, and, and I, don't, I can't speak for Christian, but I'm clueless when it comes to nutrition, right? I kind of know what's good and what isn't good, but I've always figured that it's a process of moderation. So as long as you moderately imbibe and then eat moderately healthy foods, you can kind of... Absolutely. Well, that doesn't, that, that's clearly not true. It's law of averages, but there are patients who have who struggle with, with their weight, but... You keep hearing the same stories. I went on this diet, and I went on this diet, sure. and I went on this diet. So I think finding a balance between eating well and occasionally eating less well. Yeah. Would you, would you agree with that? I 100% agree. I would also say that weight, I don't believe that weight is a factor of health per se. I think that we, we all have different weights that we fluctuate within, and I think food can be a symptom of or not a symptom of weight weight can be a symptom of food per se but it, that's not always the case so okay. i have some patients who are very very healthy who fall in the overweight or obese categories they're very strong their blood work looks really great their blood pressure is awesome and so i'm not as concerned about their weight but i want to keep the habits that keep them healthy strong and so focusing on fruits and vegetables focusing on alcohol in moderation not smoking exercise all of those things are what help create a healthy body at any size quite and, honestly and that's kind of a, a society driven thing especially in this country i think where Absolutely. health and beauty are all linked to you know the ideal weight. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, if you look at some other countries, people who are considered overweight here are considered beautiful there. Absolutely. And healthy and live long, prosperous lives. So, yeah, I think that's that's very good to hear. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to fall within that BMI category, which is... No, the BMI category the, thing is that crazy. That could be one of the dumbest things ever invented. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah. I, I, it's I, an, I think it's an insurance company. <laughs> probably, probably either. Yeah. I had a client who was doing research on that, and I think that might actually have some 
truth into it a little bit. But I know, um, you know, when we were first learning BMI, they say outside of those realms that the morbidity mortality factors are higher, but we've also only taken one factor of weight, right? Right. And so if we're not taking into account exercise or diet or lifestyle factors, then I don't I don't know how we can appropriately predict someone who, like if all of my football and basketball players and hockey players, they are all overweight or obese. Yeah. And most of their blood work looks great. They work out several hours a day. We work on healthy eating behaviors. Some are better than others, right? But yeah, it's it's a. I think it's whenever as a, as a society we try to simplify things. Sure. Yeah. Um, which is kind of what we want, right? Okay, I want two numbers and if I fall within those two numbers I know I'm good right um, but life doesn't work that way no. I mean it's a little bit more complicated than that yeah yeah which is why I drink coffee a lot a lot yeah because sooner or later that's going to come around again right it's got a coffee's on. really bad for you eggs were bad for you for a long time and I kept eating eggs and all of a sudden it turns out that I was really smart <laughs> no no but then <laughs> then only the really white good. part was good for you yeah but well, then the whole thing was good again yeah and I don't know where we're at now. I think eggs are still good because they're a good source of protein. And since we're kind of like on the on the non-carb wave right now, mm-hmm. yeah. you can uh, you can have more uh, spinach and, uh, and eggs. Just toss everything you want to eat in your eggs. Stir yes. it up. And Egg yolks are actually one of the best sources of choline, which is great for your brain. And so I'm on I'm on the egg train as well. Big but big are you train. hearing that coffee is not good for you? Yeah, it depends on who does the research, right? That's, another, that's another one with okay. those, you know, because it went from one cup a day to maybe three cups a day to no coffee to decaf. It dehydrates. Red know. wine went through a similar cycle where, oh, it's great. Everybody should have at least one glass of wine a day. That's bullshit because yeah. if you're an alcoholic, you don't want to have any <laughs> wine. I don't care how healthy it is. So let's let's stop with these generalizations. I agree say, with you. Okay, maybe red wine is not necessarily bad for you, but should everybody have a glass of red wine at night? Absolutely No. Not. Feels like a lot. Everybody should have a bowl of chips, though. <laughs> they're, they're delicious. I do love them. With regard to hydration, how important is that in recovery? We kind of talk about that a lot. Yeah, so hydration is extremely important, and I try to put it in perspective for my clients by asking if, if we stopped drinking anything – Today, how long do we have until we die? Four days. Yeah, I was going to say less than a week. Yeah, less than a week. So it's like three to four days generally. So that's how important water is. And as we were slowly, painfully going to our deathbed, our skin would all sink in. We'd lose 60% of our body weight at least because that is our cells are literally water. water. Yeah, Yeah, 60% of our weight is water. So um, if we are sitting chronically dehydrated, it impacts all kinds of things in the body, uh, cellular communication, waste removal, nutrient delivery to the cells, just you know, muscle tone, muscle tissue, flexibility of muscle tissue, all of that. So hydration has a huge impact on recovery. And then we always say, you know, anybody who's had surgery, you want to try to get as much of that anesthesia out of you as you can. And the only way to kind of help that is to definitely just absolutely, just you know, flush, keep drinking. Right? Yeah. Yep. And when water is great, but sometimes it's boring. Do you have a, a good suggestion, something you like outside of just sort of water? So, yeah, that's a great, great question. So coffee, tea, coffee I wouldn't use as a primary source. Tea, I think you can drink quite a bit of that before you start hitting too high of caffeine levels where it might impact sleep or cause anxiety or jitteriness. 
I like the sparkling flavored waters. I think those are like a nice alternative, something a little bit different, or even just putting like fruit or mint or things like that in your water that can really add quite a bit of pop to where it's a lot more exciting, definitely. How about chocolate milk as a recovery aid? That, that, there was a phase where everybody said, oh, chocolate milk is great. Was that invented by the chocolate milk industry? Potentially. Big potentially. chocolate milk, <laughs> if you will. Um, you know, chocolate milk, it has the right ratio of carbs to protein for recovery, um, which is an important piece of, of recovery, let's say post-exercise, right? So like one immediate section. However, you can get that same ratio with other foods as well. So like for a convenient, easy grab and go option, does it work? Yeah, it totally works. Um, can you get more nutrient dense options that maybe help some more antioxidants and stuff that can help with inflammation? Absolutely as well. So if it's around, it's okay. It's to okay. Do, but yeah. that shouldn't be your go-to recovery I, Yeah. You know, honestly, if you're working out really hard, chocolate milk is delicious post-exercise. It's got sodium, it's got potassium, it's got carbs, it's got protein. And so it's nice in a small amount. But if you're drinking a half gallon of chocolate milk after your workout, you've totally just over drank your calories that you've expended in your workout. So I don't know how effective that is, depending on your goals. I don't know who can drink a half a gallon of chocolate milk. Oh, I do. My wife actually could potentially drink a half a gallon of chocolate milk. All of my football players drink like a gallon of milk every two to three days. It is insane the amount of milk that they can go through, actually. Is that is that okay? You know, there's a upper limit on calcium. And so if you're taking in too much, so the upper limit on calcium is 2,400 milligrams a day, which you are definitely going over if you're drinking a half a gallon a day. And if you're doing that consistently, your risk for myocalcifications goes up, and that's super painful. It's not something you want to deal with. No. So I'm not a big fan of drinking no, that much milk in a day. We normally edit that so that it's a little bit lower. That's good to know. So I'm going to quit drinking. I, I don't drink any milk. Turns out Garrett's on the football diet then. Is he? He's <laughs> a, all over a gallon of milk. Yeah, you know, my five, five-year-old, 30-pound monster, <laughs> he drinks a half gallon. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. He drinks too much milk. Does he eat food? No, no. not really. That's why. <laughs> 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 so, so does he drink the milk because he doesn't eat food, or does he not eat food because he drinks the milk? He doesn't eat food because he drinks the milk. Because he drinks the milk. Yeah. Start watering down his milk, and he won't, and he'll start eating more food. This is gross. <laughs> he'll come around. Kids, kids do the funniest stuff when they when they grow up. They're funny. I had a, a good friend of mine. His son only ate yellow foods. Oh, interesting. Yeah, cheese, macaroni, grilled cheese, cheese mac and cheese. Cheese, cheese whiz. Yellow squash? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the inside's not yellow. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, and yeah. and he's like a stud right now. I mean, he's well-built. He's huge. He's exercised a lot. He's going to med school. So don't freak out yet about Garrett not. Yeah. No, it, I'm just saying come. he's going to be a football player, clearly. Yeah. He's got the diet for it. <laughs> he's got the dietary. <laughs> there you the go. Dietary. Yeah, That's funny. Proteins, carbs, and fats, those are... And sugars, I guess, are the big ones people kind of highlight all the time. What is it that we should know about each of those categories? So all of them are necessary for specific functions in the body. 
Right, protein helps with, it's an anabolic molecule. It's going to help us build things, not just muscle, but it builds other things in the body. We'll use that as like the professional term, things. Uh, carbohydrates. Us too. Yeah. yeah. We're big into things. <laughs> carbohydrates um, are definitely one of your best sources for energy. So as your energy demands go up, carbohydrates should go up. Energy demands go down, carbohydrates go down, right? Um, they definitely help with creating healthy muscle tissue, which I think is a people don't realize how much carbohydrates play a role in that. They also help with the immune system. Uh, carbs are also one of the most antioxidant dense and um, micronutrient dense foods as well. So they can help like fruits and vegetables will help with cancer prevention, heart disease prevention, things like that. So they've got a lot of other great benefits to them. And then when it comes to fats, fats are essential for thermoregulation for so temperature regulation in the body. Um, they also really help with absorption of certain vitamins. They help with, I'm blanking right now, hormone production. That was the really big one. So when I see individuals who have been chronically dieting on a low-fat diet, a lot of times hormone production can be impaired because they just haven't had the tools to be able to create proper estrogen, testosterone, cortisol levels in the body. And so they're all three very, very important. And again, they fluctuate just based on what people's goals are and how their recovery is going. Um, if I were to prioritize from a recovery standpoint, what is most important? I would say protein definitely important to help building and repairing the tissue. Um, carbs I would probably put second just so that we're getting that antioxidant micronutrient component and then fats third because you just you'll need the least amount of fat out of all of those nutrients as you're recovering. But they're all necessary. All necessary. So you'd never want to do a fat-free, carb-free, protein-free diet. No, because that would be starvation, I think, if you combined them all, right? Right, or if you would do, just you say, okay, I'm going to go carb-free. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Do you want to be maybe lower carb intake or lower sure. fat intake, but never fat-free? Completely gone, yeah. That's a big red flag. and I mean, whenever people are choosing what plan, let's say, that they want to follow, um, you know, it can be really attractive to see, oh, no carbs and I'm going to lose weight really fast, or, oh, no fat so I can eat as much protein as I want kind of thing. Um, so it seems very easy, but that's, again, a big red flag. If it seems easy and it seems like I'm going to get my goals really fast, that's not how life works, right. unfortunately. Yeah. No. I, I think that I think we can't point that out often enough because I think that's a that, that's something that people grasp onto right away, right? If sure. You, hey, if it's easy, my friend lost 16 pounds in two weeks. Okay, well, that's probably not a good thing. No, that is a good thing. Right. I don't think it is a good people thing. People with cancer lose 16 pounds in two weeks as well. Exactly. Not yeah. a, it's, Not you know, a it's, no, it's, it's something to definitely be aware of. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think people need to be very aware of that. And, and all these dietary fads, like no carbs, carbs are bad. I don't know yeah. why carbs all of a sudden became bad. Oh, it's just the timeline, right? If you look at the diet fad diet history it goes high carb low carb high fat high protein high carb low carb it just it's cyclical just say, okay. yeah yep are there better times to eat you know before or during or after or how does that work exactly <laughs> before during or after dinner <laughs> maybe dinner i would eat it during <laughs> no i mean during exercise or during <clears throat> I mean, we always talk about, you know, carb loading before a game or whatever, right? So school sports, you'll have a team dinner to carb up before your big game. Is that, a, is that true? Is that a thing that's real? Or is that just sort of something we've 
kind of misnomered over the years. So, yeah, I think it's more of a misnomer. So there is evidence that shows if we quote-unquote load up leading up to a big event and what the events you need to load up for let's be really clear like a basketball game we don't need to load up for <laughs> especially uh, high school basketball ex- right? exactly um, four kids are going to play real hard <laughs> right for 12 minutes gonna, like sit on the bench most of the time yeah. yeah so you know when we're talking team sports we don't really need to load up for those if we're looking at you know a marathon or a long, like a hundred mile bike ride, that type of thing, really intense, long efforts, then yes, absolutely. There's research that shows that we can load, quote unquote, load up for that. I think most people see loading as having a giant meal the night before, which just makes you have to poop on the day of your race. <laughs> and that is not what you want. It's not productive I at all. I can't stress that enough. Don't overeat the night before your race because you will have to poop during your race. So, you know, what I focus on is the loading phase of a race is just focusing on, you know, a good amount of high carb because, again, we're trying to reload glycogen stores leading up to the race and maximize that. So we just focus on high carb. You don't need to overeat. You need to eat when you're hungry. You need to stop eating when you're full. Um, It's really important not to restrict. So if you're feeling hungry for two or three hours, that I consider that a restriction. Um, When you notice you're hungry, you should be eating something to satisfy it. So that's kind of the balance that we focus on. And again, good quality, nutrient-dense types of carbohydrates is typically what we're focusing on. From a a timing standpoint in general, if we're talking recovery or even just sports performance, there's really good evidence that shows if we're eating protein throughout the day, we are consistently spiking amino acid stores in the body and we can maintain more lean mass and better muscle recovery if we're doing that. So a diet that's lunch and dinner only is not as effective as breakfast, lunch, snack, dinner, right? So more eating periods throughout the day with pretty consistent protein intake is more effective than two giant meals with a either a ton of protein or no protein, which is worse, right? So yes, timing is important from recovery. Again, consistent timing, super important from coming out of an athletic event and trying to recover right after that. Definitely getting something afterwards is helpful, but again, it's context-based, right? If I'm trying to lose weight, I don't want to add in a 500 calorie snack after my hour workout because now I'm negating the weight loss. So it's kind of nice to back your exercise into a meal so you're not adding something in. But for people who are doing a lot of activity, then sometimes that snack is absolutely necessary if they've been biking for three or four hours. But then you want to be aware of the type of snack that you should be eating. Totally. And recovery, one thing I really stress to my athletes is recovery is not just one meal. I mean, you guys know recovery is not just a, oh, in an hour. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's not one exercise and then one hour later I'm recovered. Um, You know, it can be a 24, 48, 72 hour process depending on the type of exercise that you've done. So if you have this beautifully crafted chocolate milk and vegetable salad and like all of these lovely things going into your body right after your workout but then you're eating like crap every other time you know yes that that one moment you got some good food but you're really still negating the muscle repair process by not maximizing that elsewhere what's your opinion on like the foods that that people eat during marathons or during triathlons or specific bars or the gels or the... So in those cases, in in extended endurance events, sugar is what's called an ergogenic aid, right? So we need sugar, we need simple carbohydrates going into the body in order to sustain activity at that higher level. And so 
can we do it with whole foods? A lot of times people can. Yeah, they can use like energy bites or dried fruit or things like that as they're exercising. And if they can tolerate it, that's awesome. But their gut usually won't. Gut usually is a limiting factor, right? So I, I only use gels whenever I run. There's a specific type of gel that sits well in my stomach and that's what I work with. So the number one goal is getting the energy in so sugar, fluid, salt are the three things we're looking for with endurance. Uh, get the sugar in is number one goal. If you can tolerate that and you can start to broaden out the types of foods that you're eating, awesome. If you can't and you have to eat you know, candy the whole time to sustain the activity and perform at a high level, that's totally appropriate during those type of events. So when I'm hiking, I eat Snickers. I do it consistently. It's the only thing that sticks in my stomach. <laughs> I mean, Snickers, though, you look at the nutrition, it's not that different from, a, like, a protein bar. No. And it's yummy. Yeah, there's a little, yeah. there's probably a little less I don't less like protein. protein bars. But everything else they make is me about gag. the same. So I'm yeah. going with Snickers. Okay, okay. And it's worked well for so the, know, last, the last 10 years. So. As long as your nutrition outside of that is not just Snickers, I think that. No, it's more the potato chips potato and coffee. Chips. We'll talk <laughs> after the, the show, Jim. <laughs> I have yogurt every morning with blueberries. That sounds great. So I'm totally balanced. One here. meal, taking care of the rest of the day. And then I don't eat the rest of the day. <laughs> well, one person's paying attention here. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to this question. What is one food everyone should avoid? And is there one food you think everyone should eat a little more of? Oh, great question. One food to avoid... So again, I'm on the moderation train, and so I can't say that there's one that you that is going to absolutely like change your life if you don't eat it. Um, from an athletic standpoint and a recovery standpoint, I can tell you alcohol has no benefits in that world. Zero. Zero benefits. And so when I work... Psychologically, maybe. Psychologically, maybe. Yeah, maybe it makes you happier. Uh, but from a physiological standpoint, yeah, there's no, no, no benefits. Benefit. Yeah, so when I work with elite athletes if we're leading up to an event that's the one thing that we will cut out leading up to the event is alcohol mm -hmm. it negatively impacts sport um and recovery hands down and it's probably something that's relatively easy to eliminate from your life i that, think that's more of a mental thing right absolutely yeah and i think you when can, you, you can have a goal a, it's well, very but easy you can go with the alcohol free beer or the you sure. know if you're if you're that impressed by your surroundings and you want to go out to the bar yeah Right, but you can. No, I think that's that's great advice. Yeah, so that would be the one food that I would say doesn't have any benefit to exercise. Uh, one food that everyone should eat more of, I would say beets. beets. Love beets. Beets, yeah. Yeah, I love them. So yeah. good for you. Yeah, I, I make them with bacon. <laughs> oh, interesting. I'm shocked. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, stir fry some onion and bacon, and then. But if you, you do a dark chocolate drizzle over the top, we're good again. No, no. creme fraiche. Oh. So you, you oh. stir fry the beets with onions and bacon, and you add a little bit of creme fraiche, and then they're yummy. Interesting. I've never so had. Did I, did beets I just fully bacon. negate the benefits of beets? You have not negated them, but you have um, <laughs> added some unnecessary. Added some fats. unnecessary flavor. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Beets are great. They're super high in nitrous oxide, and so they help to dilate blood vessels, which helps with, as long as you're hydrated, helps with transport of nutrition and oxygen to working tissues. And they're super high in antioxidants. Like that dark red color is always a good thing for you. How about the kale train? Kale, yeah. I think kale, kale is, is also great for you. Brussels sprouts. Well, yeah. Anything that's green and hard to chew, like it's, it's really good for you. <laughs> 
So, so green jello, not so much. Green jello, yeah, that's not hard to chew. No. That piece is important. Yes. <laughs> I love how Brussels sprouts were like, nobody wanted Brussels sprouts. Whoever got people to eat Brussels sprouts is friggin' brilliant. Getting an award. Yeah. Because well, you know everybody how they did eats that. Brussels sprouts. How? Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Bacon and butter. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's getting better now. You can get like, uh, like Brussels sprouts with um, balsamic. And goat cheese. Because it's a health food. I just finished watching the uh, the acid episode of the of the four the, the Netflix documentary oh, yeah, really series good. about yeah. uh, fat, acid, salt. Oh the cooking. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. this lady from Iran. She's mm-hmm. hilarious. It's a good um, show. Yeah, if you, so if you're listening, go watch that. It's on Netflix. Type in fat, salt. Acid, but I just finished watching her acid, which is it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's stuff that I didn't realize was actually acid is Yeah. My favorite kale piece of information is is up until this recent kale explosion, the largest purchaser of kale in America was Pizza Hut. Really? Interesting. And that's because they used it because it lasted longer than like lettuce leaves as garnish on their salad bar. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and so I'm my, not surprised by that. My father-in-law Just, was probably one of the first people to eat kale because they used it as garnish on, uh, you know, like in restaurants too. Uh-huh. And he would eat everything on his plate. So the little orange slice that was on the plate, or the pepper, yeah, um, everything, orange slice, including the rind. Wow. Everything went down. It's a good rind. fiber but, yeah, slice. He, he that's was impressive. a big uh, he was a big kale guy. Nice. That's just lettuce. Like uh, that's kale. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Same thing. Chewier Same lettuce. <laughs> and then our last nutrition question, we've kind of talked about it a little bit. How much chocolate can I eat? <laughs> so if it's an Should abil- I? Should I? Yeah, I was going to say if it's an I? ability question, that you're going to have to answer that, but from a, a nutrition standpoint, chocolate has some great nutrition values if we're talking the dark chocolate realm. And how, how dark are we talking? Because nowadays you'll see 50, 60%, 60, 50, 80. 70, 92. I yeah, mean, it gets pretty bitter. 60 plus point. is what I recommend, okay. which I think 60 is pretty doable for most people. I like 80 because I won't eat the whole bar. I love it. I love it. Um, I like it bitter. Yeah, Up to a certain point. Good. Especially with coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like just two small pieces of, of bitter Mm-hmm. Chocolate with coffee is fantastic. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, super high magnesium, super high in antioxidants. When we look at the, the chocolate benefit, they actually did some research on at what point do we get the benefit and at what point is that benefit just diluted. And mm-hmm. you only need like a half an ounce of chocolate, which is like a quarter of a Hershey kiss a day. <laughs> So it, the actual amount that you need just is very small. That, that put it in perspective. <laughs> it's very so small. So not two whole Hershey bars? No, no. But uh. it's dark. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a very small portion that can create the benefit and sustain the benefit. You don't need to yeah. really wolf down and force down the chocolate. Now Hershey Kiss is, is not 60%. No, it is not. Dark. So, no. I mean, there's people would need it. Yeah, that's right. there's not enough fat. So there's not really a lot of value to a Hershey Kiss. I would agree. There's Hershey. They're out of business now. Way <laughs> to go, Christian. That's all it took. Hope yep. they're not listening. hundred years of <laughs> chocolate production and done. One, one Hershey podcast. Kiss isn't actually that valuable, and it's over. Out. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happened to. Uh, on a side note, Buckler, which was a very popular non-alcoholic or alcohol-free beer in the Netherlands until a Dutch comedian did a 15-minute skit on Buckler 
and that was it. They were they were out of business. Wow. Within a year, they were gone. They were no longer. That's pretty impressive. It's a great. Well, it's comedian. like the Morgan Spurlock was the, the name yeah. of the comedian. Supersize me. I killed the supersized menu at McDonald's. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And added lettuce to their menu or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the dollar menu. Yeah. Lettuce, one of the few things on the uh, McDonald's menu that does not have sugar added to it. Coffee is the other one. Coffee. Only two things on the menu that don't have sugar added. I thought the other salad dressings did have sugar. Yeah, so just yeah. the lettuce doesn't. Oh, just the lettuce. Yeah. Yeah, so, so enjoy if you that. Buy, well, if you buy a salad, don't put the dressing on it. Don't buy it from McDonald's. That'd be even smarter. Don't go to McDonald's. Boom! One episode. Hershey's and McDonald's. <laughs> out of business. Taking, so our investing advice is short Hershey's, short McDonald's. <laughs> Go to kale. Go to kale. <laughs> and bacon. Big kale. Pork. That's where it is. Ba- I love bacon. Alrighty, we're at trivia time. I, I, I didn't pay attention. Do we have a trivia question for today? Yeah, totally. Okay. So last week, in what sport would you perform the Fosbury flop? The, Amanda, do you know that? The I Fosbury did, flop. I, I cheated because I saw the answer, but okay. I did not know that. It's the it's the high jump. We had many successful answers this week. Yeah. Well done. Uh, Aaron, by the way, we pick you, Aaron. We do pick you, Aaron. Aaron tweeted, insta-snapped is whatever that's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick me, pick me. Oh, she great. said. Because she knew the answer. So great. we picked her. This week, our new question is a nutrition question. Wow. It's actually one of my new favorite questions ever. How much chocolate is good for you? No, the question is, why are beans the magical fruit that make you toot? Do you know the answer, Jeremy? It has something to do with with the nitrate in it? We'll tell you next week. Oh, that's brutal. (laughs) Stay tuned. I don't think I can wait a week. (laughs) Yep. Fantastic. So that, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I read the answer and I still have to. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read it from here because your computer is not properly located. Yep. Can we do chips now? It's chip time. Because I have my coffee, so I need my chips. So we have the private selection by Kroger sea salt and balsamic vinegar chip. This is not Amanda's favorite chip. Because usually we do our guests' favorite That's chip. That's true, yeah. But Amanda's favorite chip is ice cream, so that wouldn't That's have worked. That's true. Ice cream chip? I, is that around? You guys should know this. Yeah, it isn't. No? No, hard no. to keep frozen. Really? Yeah. Well, I would, maybe. Next next week's chip, getting out of ourselves, is a chocolate-covered potato chip. Yeah, oh. I've been waiting for that one for four weeks, and so has um, the young lady who brought them in. We yes. can't talk about it, though. No, because that's a HIPAA violation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, chip dairy ratio, paltry, 35%. Yeah. Way to go, Kroger. Paltry. And this was a purchase here. I mean, we carried it less than a mile from the store to our, to our yeah, studio. Yeah, so no, like, wow. it was not like so, so, so air poisoning or... You had no airport smashing. No. Alrighty. I was going for this one. I'm what's, going to Foldy. What's the etiquette? I like the... You, you just, just munch and talk. Okay. You just jump down, and then you talk at the same time. It's important oh. to have People go, like, you guys make a living doing this? No. This is all for free. <laughs> but we get just good information. Chips. Actually, huh? it's negative income, actually. You know what these remind me of? Because the chip's not very good. Of ruffles. They're, they're kind of... They're, they've got... They're, yeah. They're, they're not soggy. like the kettle. Yeah, they're the, not the kettle. They're not super crunchy and... The balsamic vinegar isn't very strong either. Mm-mm. I'm sort of surprised. You smell no. it a lot when you, but you don't taste Which it. Which means that, that much. it's added after the fact, right? 
Isn't that all? So there's no balsamic in here. You just spray down balsamic perfume. Oh, they just gave it a puff of balsamic. Like that. Yeah. I mean, it's not the um, crunchiest chip either, yeah. No, it's a ruffle chip. It's a ruffle, and it's not crunchy. It's kind of weird. Yeah. So this is getting the uh, one thumb down from Jimmer. Yeah. I'm not even going to have my third one. I'm going to give it a thumb down as well today. Yeah. I would. You can go more. We, we have a three would, thumbs is appropriate. I would do oh. a neutral thumb. Is that a thing? You can neutral thumb it. I would like to neutral thumb it. Yeah. Sideways, sideways thumb. Sideways thumb. We yes. allow our guests to neutral thumb. Okay. Do we? We do. Ian started it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's... Um, yeah, that's not very impressive. It's not a, not a... I could use some more acid. I would be interested yeah. to hear what you learned you should, on the show. You should... Um, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. It's, it's a fun show. show. Do you have Netflix? I do. Yeah. You'll look it up. Okay. <clears throat> it'll, be, it'll be worth it. Michael Pollan has a show on there, too, that's really good. Same sort of thing. This is about bread. And some great food shows on. Mm-hmm. Very informative, which uh, more people should do that. Look I at think, informative. Yeah, I think they can also fearmonger a little bit is my yeah. bias on yeah. them. Love fearmongering. Yeah, no, this particular series does yeah. not fear. Oh, this is good. purely informative. It's just information. It doesn't tell you what to eat, what not to eat. It just tells you, you know, what is in certain foods. The um, aftertaste is even worse than expected, too. I yeah, agree. It's, like <laughs> a, it's, it's getting like, worse almost. It's like dish soap. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Um Private yeah, don't, selection. Don't, don't get this. <laughs> don't, the know. geese in the parking lot are going to be happy. Yeah. Because they're going to be eating yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> and they eat grass, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or shitty chips from Kroger. <laughs> Same thing. Well, that was fun. Yeah, thank you very much. We I'm really so appreciate yeah. it. Totally not done to talking to you. Thank you like, guys There's so much me. more information we can get out of you. <laughs> if you guys want to get in contact with Amanda, you can go to activefueling.com. And you should. You should. You should check it out anyway, regardless. Just get some information on there. You can reach her by phone in this modern age. Do you want me to give the number out? That's fine, yeah. 720-598-0018. Check her out on Facebook, Active Fueling Nutrition. On Twitter, at Active Fueling. And on Instagram, at Active Fueling Nutrition. Look at you. You're like all social media savvy and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much, how savvy I am, but I'm there. <laughs> That's good. You're findable. That's I'm what's findable, important. I'm findable, yes. Yeah. Again, you, she's basically around the corner. Are you snap or not? I don't snap face. Snapchat? Yeah, Is that what we Sure. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. You can find Amanda right here in the tech center. She's just around the corner from us, if you know where we are. Right across from yeah. the Great Northern. Next thank week, you, Amanda. Yes, thank you very thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So this was very fun. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're going to go over imaging value. Is there value to imaging? Sure. X-rays, MRIs, CTs, all that sort of fun stuff. Yeah, not as much as people think, though. We're going to review the Dieters, which is a local chocolate company. Chocolate chocolatier. Potato chips. Chocolatier? Yeah. Yeah. Are, are, are they refrigerated? So we refrigerate? Should we refrigerate chocolate? Uh, you know, I don't think it has to be refrigerated. Okay. I will have to do some research on that question. Later. I never do. Yeah. Huh. So usually well, saturated fat, so like uh, butter doesn't actually have to be refrigerated unless you're keeping it for a really long time. Coconut oil doesn't have to be refrigerated. Ooh, I have an interesting question for you. Sure. Cool, cool. We should keep this on. We'll just keep going. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... In Europe, people keep eggs on the counter. Yeah. In the U.S., eggs are always refrigerated. Mm -hmm. How does that happen? They don't need to be refrigerated. Milk, the same in Europe. 
you can keep milk on the counter until you open it, and then you have to refrigerate it. Okay. But yeah, neither, so dairy products that have been pasteurized do not need to be refrigerated until they're open. Okay. And then eggs can sit on the counter for up to, gosh, two or three weeks, pretty long time. Until you open them, at which point until you, you should eat them. You should yes. eat them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, that, that's. So if you refrigerate an egg and then take it out, is that bad for it or does that not matter? No, actually, if you take it out and let it sit at room temperature, it's better for cooking because you'll have a better baked product if you do it that mm. way. Um, I don't know why we put them in the fridge. It's some type of stigma that we've developed here in the U.S., I think. Well, in the grocery stores, they're, they're always yeah. in Well, because people yeah. would freak out if they weren't, right? Or they wouldn't if you just never did in the first place. Sure. Yeah, but we've already created this image that it's bad if it's not refrigerated. Is this or like the whole, like... pasteurized or my food has to be safe because otherwise I'm going to get E. coli. Mm-hmm. Which is brutal. Yeah. But you have E. coli already. Yes. You don't want too much of it, though. No. Yeah. No extra. No extra E. coli. All in moderation. Yeah. You want a moderate amount of E. coli. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, that's a little addendum that we had. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, problems, please contact Christian at Christian at reboundclinic.com. That is true. You can find us on the Instasnap, the Twitter, Snap face, the whatever else we're on. And um, don't forget to follow, subscribe, yeah, tell your friends. He's got this whole thing down. I just, I'm just winging it. <laughs> For information about rebound therapy, check out our website, reboundclinic.com. Huge, huge thank you to Amanda. Also, yes. Jimmer, for coming out this morning. Thanks. Appreciate it. I was in the neighborhood. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, guys.